Okay, here we are. G'day, Jeremy. How you doing? G'day, Alan. Good, how are you? Yeah, yeah, going good, going good. Um, all right, thanks for joining me. Just wanted to, um, this is something that I want to do on a, um, a regular basis with you as um, part of our group for the property investor to talk to our clients and um, and um, people who are investors around the country and uh, and, and also um, people who are referrers of ours and um, contributors to the, the rest of this industry of, that we call property investment that you and I have been a part of for a very long time. Um, so just for a bit of context, um, yeah, let's uh, tell us um, um, who you are and how you got into the industry and and, um, and uh, I know you sort of studied it um, to start off with. Okay, I um, finished school 91 and I was good at geography and economics and so um, I saw a course at um, Western Sydney University called Land Economics or Land Economy which was a Bachelor of Commerce. Um, so I applied for that and got a place and I studied that for three years and the core part of that was um, valuations, property valuations. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the um, degree, I was a licensed valuer. Uh, I'd, I'd done some work experience throughout studying and I worked out pretty quickly I didn't want to be a valuer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we all love valuers in our industry, don't we? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I just thought, oh, it's actually a pretty lonely profession. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, um, it was very much, uh, it wasn't what I thought I'd be doing for the rest of my life after doing some work experience. I just thought, oh, this is not me. Yeah. But I love property. Um, um, but as a qualified um, property valuer, um, which essentially you are from that. Um, it it gave, you, gave you a lot of insight in terms of how the industry works or, or how property and property development works, yeah? Oh, well, look, yeah, I mean, you learn the all the principles, um, methodology around it, and um, it's interesting to see how it plays out in, in our world yeah. of selling new um, and you know, the little anomalies that come to play. Uh, for example, you've got a Sydney investor or, or a super fund and they want to buy in Queensland or Victoria, but they're domiciled in New South Wales. Yeah. And the valuers take that um, pretty much, oh, look, these guys are probably getting ripped off. So... All right. Well, we'll, we'll get into that a bit bit later in terms of you know um, what yeah. happens with uh, with uh, valuations and so on. But um, but but so so since you did that, you got into um, more working on the sales side of things with property developers and builders um, for yeah. what, it's a good fifteen years now, isn't it? Two thousand and six. I started um, in the residential space. I'd, I'd been doing bits and pieces in commercial and um, telecommunications and then yeah. I saw a role which I loved the look of, got the job um, and then I've just been in the industry ever since um, and I've got a 
pretty good knowledge of the East Coast markets. Uh, so, you know, I knew Brisbane better than I knew Sydney for a time. Right. And even though, I'm, you know, I'm based in Sydney, but I, I knew suburbs in all over Brisbane better than I did suburbs all over Sydney. Yeah, so but Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, you cover as well as some of the surrounding regional areas. So, um, yep. I mean, if, if we talk about Sydney first, I mean, you, you, you've worked with developers right across um, the Sydney metro area um, and covering what brand new house and land units and townhouses or? Uh, yeah, uh, most of the early stuff I was involved with was high-rise apartments or low-rise right. apartments. Yep. Um, that was a philosophy of the business I was working for at the time. Yep. And, um, at, at, yeah, it was around the GFC, the global financial crisis in 2008, yep. when um, there was a lot of developers needing pre-sales. Yep. to satisfy their, their uh, hurdles. And so the business I was working for were very good at selling units off the plan. Yep. Uh, and, you know, the people who did buy, and most of the stuff was in Sydney at that point in the, in the um, cycle where it was good buying. Um, Parramatta units, North Mead units, uh, even South West Sydney, Campbelltown units. Um, and you know, it, it was um, difficult financial times. But the people who who bought, and if they've held today, um, they should be, you know. Oh yes, anyone who bought about their investments. anyone who bought um, in uh, two thousand and eight would be uh, pretty happy nowadays in Sydney. Yeah, if they held. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. um, and okay, but but um, but whether it's units, townhouses, house and land across the, the Sydney basin, you've you've uh, worked with most of the builders and developers, yeah. That's correct. Yeah, and and it's I, I'm more focused now on house and land. Yep. Um, I, I shy away from strata title wherever wherever possible. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty big incidents you know like the opal tower and sydney Olympic park where and mascot where there's been yeah. some um major issues with strata title yeah so if, if a client can afford to buy uh torrens title independent of strata yeah um that's ultimately i think a better product mm. it's um and yes, that's a topic we could uh, spend the the uh, the whole session on talking about uh, strata title and yeah. and uh, the issues that um, have been involved there. Um, and and then uh, so Central Coast and Newcastle and the Hunter region um, uh, you've worked with as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean uh, Newcastle followed uh, the Sydney. Uh, it sort of. Got uh, prices were pushed up after Sydney had a good run, um, yep. which is typical for the more um, rippled out markets. And um, it's yeah, Newcastle's had a really good run. Okay. And and the central coast. Yeah. Um, and then Brisbane. You mentioned the Brisbane market. That was probably the market that you um, had um, uh, the sort of first dealings with in terms of residential. Um, so. Um, uh, now, when, when people talk about Brisbane, they're a bit 
confused. Does that include all of southeast Queensland in terms of Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast and out to sort of Ipswich and Toowoomba or or is it purely sort of um, that Brisbane and surrounds area? Um, it, in the early days, it was mainly apartments around West End, South Brisbane, Fortitude Valley. Um, so real a real focus on inner you know city location. Then you get more into the townhouse product. Yep. Uh, and then you go further out again, and then you've got opportunities with house and land packages. Right. And um, and uh, so areas like the Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast is uh, uh, they're they're possible, but it's not really something that um, you focus on. Look, you know, people who bought on the Sunshine Coast uh, in house land packages, I think, have done better than those that have bought apartments. However, in e if you look at the infrastructure and the hospitals and everything that's been built up on the apartments, well term, and the yields are pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think that there's more owner occupiers for house and land, so you've got a better exit strategy um, yep. because the unit you know, or difficult market to kind of um, understand. And yep. I think a lot of new stock gets sold off there at a premium. Yep. And your exit strategy might not be can't hold it longer term. Okay, cool. It's. Um, I think we got most of that there. Your um, connection was uh, uh, breaking up a little bit, but uh, I think you've come back now. Um, it's. Um, uh, but we got all the audio, so I think that's the important part. <laughs> um, and Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne's a, another area that you've had a lot of experience in um, from past conversations. It's. Um, uh, with brand new. It's. Um, there's been a lot of units and uh, house and land. Um, but are there townhouses as well? Yeah, there's a mix of all um, products and it, it kind of follows most metro cities. Inner city areas, you're looking more at apartments and yep. like the, the most popular product is a one bedroom unit with, with a car space. Uh, yep. in, if you're within a couple of cases. Um, but for rental returns anyway. And then um, further out you go, townhouses are a better product, better fit for the demographic, and then go out further again, and then you're looking at mum and dad, house and land packages, families, you know, more um, people seeking to set up their lives, looking at the schools that are nearby and shopping centres and lots of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, and so you've been doing this for a good 15 years, worked with all the developers and builders across the, the three major cities. Um, so that's cool. Well, uh, the other things I wanted to, yeah, we, we were going to talk about is, yeah, a bit of an update about um, what's happening in the, in the three major markets, um, especially with now that the Royal Commission finished um, la um, last year and things started to get back to normal and now, now we're deaf. Then we got hit with COVID a few months ago, um, and, um, and and then um, 
after that we want to talk about uh, an issue and you, you, you told me um, ahead of time that yeah there's uh, still issues with valuations so yeah we want to have a conversation around how valuations work um, and what valuers are doing at the moment with properties that are brand new and off the plan and 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 how that generally works so so to give us all a better understanding of what to expect and and historically how it works out so um yeah what what what's happening at the moment in in sydney with um with builders and developers okay so at the beginning of the january february this year the market was very buoyant uh, yep. lots of uh, lots of people buying house and land packages especially southwest sydney it, it proved to be the most affordable market in um the house and land space yeah um, so it was an alternative people who couldn't afford Northwest Sydney or Western Sydney. Yep. And uh, a lot of that's built around, there's a lot of new land estates and anything around Gregory Hills, Leppington, Austral. Yep. You know, people were, late last year, people were still buying four brand new four bedroom house and land packages from low 600s. Um, yep. Now that's creeped up to sort of mid, in sixes and yep. people who bought around Mars and Park, they've probably crept up by about forty, fifty thousand dollars a package. So Mars and Park, you could buy a pack for six seventy for bedroom and right. that's now more like seven forty. So that's those so certain pockets have, have had some real growth. And I think COVID definitely had a massive impact, probably a bigger impact and the GFC uh, and the Royal Banking Commission because people just didn't understand um, what was going to play out and they just yep. put their decision on hold. Um, and some people who had decided to buy pre-COVID pulled out because they were just concerned about their jobs, which is a very real concern. Um, but I think if you if you've got a secure job and you can get finance, Sydney's yep. I think the best market. Um, the yields aren't uh, great because there is yep. quite a bit of supply, and there are yep. always investors who speculate on making money. Yeah. Um, Sydney yields are around three and a half percent. Yeah. Which, given the rates where where they sit at the moment, it's still a pretty good. Uh, after-tax uh, investment. Yep. What if you're buying new? That is. Yeah. And Melbourne yield. Melbourne yields are about the same. They're about three and a half percent for house and land. In a city, you're looking at, you know, four and a half to five percent for yep. those, you know, one bedrooms and some small two bedders. Right. Uh, townhouses sit around four percent. But if you if you're chasing yield, Queensland is undoubtedly a better place to invest um and there's a bit of a if you're looking for your first investment property outside of your owner occupier queensland's probably the, the best place to start now is that just purely because uh, of affordability and rental return that's that's exactly where it sits and, and these are mainly the investors who can't afford to buy in sydney or melbourne but yeah. it's a good start. But there's um, also the other 
if you can buy in Sydney, you you know you're probably going to get when the market moves, you're going to get a quicker boost in equity than any other state on the east coast. Okay, so yeah, because a lot of people have concerns about buying in Brisbane um, because it hasn't had any growth for a while. But is that just this you know the where it is in the cycle, or um, because you know? Um, I mean, Sydney long-term, you know, especially Sydney-siders, they always want to buy in Sydney. Um, but is that a matter of, yeah, where, where, where's the cycle at the moment with Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane? Uh, well, it's interesting because I think people have been waiting for prices to, to really fall. And there was a, you know, even uh, the banks were modelling a worst case scenario of a 30% drop in prices. Um, right. And we haven't, seen, we haven't seen anything like that. In fact, in the, in the um, buying new, which is the, the world I live in, um, yeah. there, haven't been any, there haven't been any discounts. In fact, the Sydney land developers um, during COVID, so the worst months would have been March and April, they yeah. uh, held their ground and as soon as things started to clear up and people were starting to go back to work, they're having record land sales again. So a builder I work with in Sydney, so that's just one builder out of hundreds in Sydney. Yeah. Um, so you can see there's people sat on their hands, but as soon as they thought, right, I've got a secure job, I can get the money from the bank, then they're out there. And that's the greatest risk in you know, putting together packages in Sydney for people is if you don't commit to it before the weekend, then that particular lot will likely be sold to a mum and dad who are out there, you know, going through these dates. All right, so Sydney, so Sydney stock is still selling pretty quickly, house on land. Well, that stat is real from last Friday, so yeah. last week. It, uh, I... I with them earlier in the week in Marston Park and yep. for a buyer and that was an owner-occupier and yep. he, I spoke to him on Friday just to check everything was in order and it wasn't going to be back on the market for the week and um, he said, yeah, that's our greatest risk if, if the clients don't commit, it will probably sell on the weekend and he was lodging his eighth EOI for the day so they've probably done eight on Friday okay. they're probably doing double digits double-digit sales per week in Sydney. All right, so Sydney's still um, uh, running hot in terms of that, you know, volume. It, prices that aren't necessarily going up either than down? Oh, there was a few states um, where the, the land prices would, they'd underprice them and they've, they've had an increase. Yeah. Uh, but that was one small state in Austin. They put the price up by 15,000, so not a huge amount. Um, yeah. But there was an incentive there to buy before the price. But no, the, the prices aren't that bullish, but they are, they are they're selling. Uh, and you wouldn't see that data anywhere because these are just land sales um, through builders and they're not typically um, reported in the media. It's more the resales that get caught up in all that data um, about volumes of sales, not yeah. necessarily new land estates. Right, okay, all right. 
Um, hey, what I might get you to do is maybe just uh, switch your uh, video off because the, the, the uh, audio is still getting, um, uh, that, that'll help the audio come through better if you can. Um, and um, it's, all right, so, so Sydney's still running well, and, but um, Brisbane is, um, is, I mean, from an affordability point of view and rental return is, is good. But where, where's it at in terms of, yeah, are we going to see growth in Brisbane? Look, I think uh, a lot of people who bought in those big complexes in the inner city areas have probably, probably seen growth. Unfortunately, it's been negative. So um, the, the house and land packages have been very steadily increasing. So they're not setting the world on fire in terms of, um, you know, making the big equity gains that you would get in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. However, if you buy in the master planned estates with a lend lease or a Stockland and they, they're very um, controlled about who they sell to. And most of them, the estates are very strictly owner occupier, but they do let certain builders in and they sort of salt and pepper them throughout the estates. And they're good at, um, it's like, uh, you call it like the tissue paper effect. So they, they release one a week and it's like pulling a tissue out of the tissue box. So okay. those, those, those guys, they'll control the, the good blocks, the flat sort of bowling green blocks. Those prices will go up and yep. they'll, they'll discount, the, you know, I guess the irregular shaped blocks or the sloping blocks and... Um, and th and that the other thing I've noticed recent times is if you're looking in Sydney, because most of my recent sales have been in Sydney, and if you want a registered block, you'll you'll find that they're the dogs that are left, and the reason they haven't sold is because builders the price to build on those lots is far more dear. And so, but the, the land developers aren't that fast, so I'll just sell them whenever they sell. And that's, I'm finding registration dates in Sydney now are pushing out six, 12, 18 months. Yeah. But the people who know um, and the builders who are packaging up good, good packages, the people will commit to that because they're locking in the land price and the build price um and if they're about their you know job security or business security are the yeah. ones that take a long so that that's and i know there was a an apartment builder in uh western sydney near the um near kingswood train station and he saw the he must have had a crystal ball and seen the COVID coming because he dropped his prices by up to 30% just to get rid of his um, residual stock. Right. Which would have hurt, which would have really hurt the other developers who were building in that area who had sold off the plan and yeah. not yet um, had settlements. And then the valuers then look at the settlements in his building and use the rates per meter and, you know, use that sales evidence to. When they when the other builders get to settlements, 
Yeah, and that might be a good segue into talking about valuations and how valuers work, um, you know, especially with off-the-plan properties or brand-new properties, um, whether it be house and land or, or units and so on. Because um, a lot of people feel like, you know, and, and they get told by their solicitors there's a huge risk and, you know, and, you know, of, um, you know, because you're committing up front to a specific price without being able to get uh, a uh, evaluation until it's complete. So how does that all work? Yeah, look, the, the biggest um, concern any investor has buying off the plan is, is it going to, is the bank going to value it on the contract price I paid for it? Because yep. When you buy off the, um, you need to know you've got either equity or cash, and you need to know it's going to value up on the contract price you paid. Now, often valuers will not um, value your unit or townhouse or, or house and land package on the price you paid, because if it's in a unit complex, they typically like to wait until they see a resale. So they like to see the building settle and then someone who's bought off the plan on sells and that then locks in in their minds that's what a local buyer will pay and there's the market and that's but when they're, why but, but, but when they're settling on something that's brand new and there's no resales in the building how do they you know come up with a evaluation it's uh, i mean they, they they're they're having to use um comparable sales in the area aren't they yeah, they, they do, um, but if they can't find something new, comparable, then they're looking at older stock resales. Right. And that, that's something, I guess, that's evidence they can hang their hat on the bank. And until there's a resale in the building that has been sold off the plan, even if it's been resold during construction, it helps them because it, it's a better guide to what's happened from the date of you know, contract and if it has sold, say it takes three years to complete, and then someone's come along and wanted to buy something that's already been sold, um, then that helps them. I'll give you an example. Um, 2009 Sydney Olympic Park, uh, first building of its kind, first residential building of its kind, three-bedroom apartment, sold on the northeast corner, really high finishes. Um, and during construction, about two years into construction, a fellow came along and wanted to buy one of those apartments because they'd all sold out. Yeah. And there was a there was a resale at circa one hundred and seventy thousand dollars more than what the original buyer had paid wow. on the plan in two thousand and nine. So that then helped the everyone that helped the builder, the developer, all the investors because they, they could see a new contract of a resale and that's when there were very strong valuations. But if you, if you go back three years earlier in Sydney, yeah. people buying two-bedroom units in Parramatta for 365 grand yeah. and valuers were discounting them and you'd remember those days. Yeah. Um, and now, you, you know, you're looking at Meriton apartments in in Parramatta for I don't think you can get in there for under 800 yeah um, 
brand so new. because yeah usually it's the other way around where people um yeah you, people are bought in a brand new complex um off the plan and they get to settlement and it um might be what like the the first brand new um you know complex in the area and um so what the value is of just comparing them to what 20 30 year old units um that are surrounding in so it, it, is that the reasons why the valuations come in low well that's a very large reason why they come in low yeah. um but then there's other anomalies like i, I did mention earlier sometimes uh, you know they're, they're all about looking at the risk and if they do see a sydney buyer buying a brisbane or a melbourne property uh for some reason there is a um correlation to valuations coming in short of contract price okay but how do they actually know, how do they know the buyers from interstate or overseas or because they typically won't do the valuation until they've got a copy of the executed contract of sale right okay and they and see that's the buyers where they, the yep and and and, I, if I went back and documented this, yeah, yeah, no, I, it, most of the valuation shortfalls I've seen are in that bracket. Interstate buyer, they must be getting, they must be paying over. Right, but so that doesn't correlate with comparable sales at all, though, does it? Nope. No, and and. Uh, have valuers ever been asked this directly that this is what happens? Oh, look, it's been speculated by builders, developers, and um, agents forever and a day. Right. But they'll always they'll always find something slightly comparable. Um, Putting, you know, I think they need at least three comparable sales. Um, right. I mean, January this year, we know of a, a buyer who put an EOI in, in Sydney, in, in, a, in Austral, southwest Sydney, got, yep. ner got nervous about rents. And that's the other thing buyers are nervous about if they buy something off the plan is who's going to rent it, yep. how long will it stay for. So, um, so they got concerned, as you know, about rental returns. Yep. So we, we put forward southeast Queensland as an alternative. As we mentioned yes. earlier, that's the best case code. Yeah. Um, had the conversation about valuations, and uh, that was a real life example of buying the, the lot he bought in, he went originally bought in Sydney. The yep. valuation, another buyer who bought that lot came in yep. above contract price, uh, and the, the package he bought, he ended up going for in southeast Queensland, came in. I think it was thirty thousand dollars under contract price. Yeah, and that was a uh, six square meter block. That wasn't a small block, and you know that was a good size home on a good size block. Right, mid fives. So it made no sense other than he was an interstate buyer. Right. Okay. So so um, uh, valuers can be a bit of a law unto themselves at times. It sounds like. Well, I think they can build a story. Yeah. But I think right. they're also probably under pressure from you know who they write the report for. Right. Well, and I, I guess 
the other maybe, thing is that maybe if we've got maybe if we've got a valuer out there, we can we can get them on uh, one day so that we can ask ask them these hard questions. Um, it's um, yeah, that would be interesting. But um, it's okay. The other, so, the other, yeah, the other thing that was I guess have to take into account is if this had to sell under a mortgage sale, what what would you get? What would what would it sell for at auction? And I guess that's where they have to also weigh in on where they you know, the end figure comes yeah. in. And at the end of the day, they're, they're putting their, um, uh, their um, you know, professional indemnity at, at, at risk if um, they're not conservative, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, really them just protecting themselves in some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Do, and, and what do developers and um, yeah do to um, try and combat yeah and builders to combat this um, with um, being able to quell the concerns of 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 buyers and, and the market in general? Uh, there's some builders in southeast Queensland who are like they're very diligent, and I'm looking at a project at the moment uh, in a Brisbane city postcode townhouses from circa $350,000, Yeah. And they've got three valuations back out of five. So they've, they've actually gone out to five different valuers. Yeah. Um, and that, that's how they get the price they've got. And that's, that's one way to mitigate it is to, and they're completed. So that's not an off the plan purchase. They've just built them and they haven't sold them off the plan. Okay, they're completed townhouses and they've got valuations back and, and were they okay? Sorry? Yeah, they're um, supporting the three-bed, two-bath, single cars at sort of 360000 Okay. And then there'll be similar product but with um, double lock-up garages for another ten or 15000 So, And the builder way. actually supplies a copy of those valuations? Yeah. Yeah. And... and the other way they handle it in some areas is um, by doing that, they know which valuers are supportive of their product and yeah. the ones who aren't product don't get let on site because most of these places are gated um, and you can't just wander through. So if they do a um, curbside and haven't even gone in and inspected it um, yeah. and then distance it, so... That's a, there's a couple of ways to sort of manage it and yep. mitigate it. Um, but you can't, you know, like I think the, there's still a few super fun lenders out there, not many. Um, yep. They have limited um, reach with valuers and they're often um, people you might not have heard of. Like an example, a Melbourne town, uh, unit development CVRE, like the major valuers are very supportive of the product and yep. the, the smaller tier valuation firms who no, no one's really heard of are yep. not supportive of it. And okay. I'm not, not hacking on smaller tier, you know, businesses at all. No. But the, that's, that's the way they manage it. Is they, the guys who aren't supportive of it don't go on site and then they get the bank then has to instruct another valuation yeah so then they'll have yeah they'll have to just find another firm on their yeah. panel okay 
All right. Well, well, what we'll do is um, thanks for that, Jeremy. That gives us um, a lot of um, insight um, um, about um, what's happening in the market now and 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 how valuations work. Um, if anyone's got any questions, uh, yeah, please comment. Um, or if you have uh, want to want to ask something more specific about yourselves, please message us. Um, we might put a link here um, as well, um, wherever we're posting this um, within the group, and and um, if there's anywhere outside as well, if um, so that you can um, contact us. Um, and yeah, if you want to have a discussion about your, your your personal circumstances with either any current properties, or if you're looking at um, buying something brand new. Um, then um, yeah, let's have a chat. Um, and um, if we need to speak to Jeremy about you know what you're looking at, and to get some advice, then um, yeah, I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. So um, uh, thanks, Jeremy, for uh, joining this on our first session. We'll try and do this uh, on at least a, a monthly basis to to get an update of what's happening in the major markets. Okay. Pleasure. All right. Thanks for that. We'll talk thanks later. Yeah, bye. Right. Okay, mate. Bye.